0: Daniel and Vicky Hagedorn for preparing kids for life at pk4l.com and our podcast is for all things parenting. You know as parents ourselves my wife and I have the same fears every parent has which is basically some form of do I have what it takes to be a good parent but along the way we discovered some time-tested principles that empowered us with the mindset and the map to overcome those fears and to replace our insecurities with confidence. And that's why my wife and I want every parent to reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. We want every parent to be able to give their children a childhood they won't have to recover from and to prepare them for life as the best version of themselves. So our podcast is really just our way of paying it forward. And at PK4L, we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every step of the way. The second building block of an emotionally healthy home is success. And I'm gonna suggest right off the bat that we change our definition of success. Not necessarily to what I think it is, but just to be open to the idea that the way we typically think about success in general, but in particular as it relates to our kids, really needs to be rethought. when you think about it, when we say our kids are being successful, we typically mean that they have good grades or that their participation in a sports activity is, you know, winning trophies or awards or something like that. And, and that may be a very small part of it, but, but there's so much more to success than that. And ultimately, success is really the product of learning from failure, But it's the fear of failure that prevents us from actually trying anything. You see, a healthy child is going to learn from their mistakes, right? Everyone makes mistakes. Children, you know, because we're in a a much higher learning curve, we're we're learning a lot more. And so we tend to make a lot more mistakes. And then over time, as we grow into adulthood, we learn from those mistakes and we don't keep making them, right? Right. But an unhealthy mindset experiences mistakes very differently. In fact, those mistakes are literally a catalyst for a downward spiral into depression, anxiety, or sometimes even worse. And so it begs the question, where did this aversion to failure come from? Well, part of it comes from the upbringing that we ourselves received and our understanding of what success and failure is. And part of it comes from actually our own schooling, right? I mean, we, we observed our parents and, and however they interpreted success for us, that became our interpretation of success. It's how we measured success, right? And so we absorbed this understanding from our parents and for better or worse, It became the way we viewed success. And then, of course, in school, well, when we were kids, we were given gold stars and smiley faces. And then when we got older, we started getting grades and our success was evaluated down to the last percentage point. In fact, we became defined by our success or by our failure. We became good or bad students, whatever that means, whatever label our teacher deemed fit to attach to us. But the interesting thing is that in school, if you think back, we were never really given the freedom to fail. Because every grade we got affected our GPA, which in turn affected our class rank, which determined the college we were admitted to, which determined the job we would get after graduation, which ensured we would live in a house with a white picket fence and 2.4 kids and one dog. So yeah, not a lot of room for failing, right? It's just not something, it's something you avoided. In fact, if you really think about it, the fact that kids cheat on tests or on homework or anything indicates that school values grades more than learning. And it in fact values it more than the kids themselves do. You know, I spent 14 years teaching high school and I can tell you right now that grades do not tell us whether or not children learn something. I can't even tell you how many A students I've had over the years who were really good test takers could ace a test and not speak intelligently about the material they just finished acing. And how many C students I've had over the years who weren't good test takers, but we could have a conversation afterwards and it was very clear that they had learned the information. You know, I think it's important too to to kind of define a little bit of a, a distinction on, on what we'll call failing versus failure. You know, failing is you put your best effort out there and it doesn't hit the mark, right? You don't get the outcome that you wanted. Failure happens when we put out a mediocre effort. See, failing and failure depends upon the effort that we invest, not the result that is achieved. And so I think it's important that, again, however you as the parent define success you need to be very, very clear about what that means to you so that you can be equally clear when you're teaching that to your kids. And you know, the other thing is we really need to help, We, well, we need to help our kids focus on developing an excellence of effort and diligence because when you think about it, that's the only measure of success that matters. And in the end, excellence of effort And diligence will produce results. But remember, whatever is rewarded is repeated. So if we reward the result, then all that matters is the kid gets the result, whether they cheated, whether they skated, whether, in other words, whatever corners they have to cut in order to get to the result is fine because they have learned all that matters is the result. Versus if they are praised and rewarded for the effort that they put in. And as long as they are doing their best, they are praised, they are rewarded, then guess what? Over time, excellence of effort and diligence will absolutely produce a great result, but it's going to produce a very different character than one that's been shaped by, hey, success is measured by your results. You see, the thing is, is that um, when when you do this, kids can get a ton of work done and not learn anything from it. They can get a good grade on a test like I was sharing earlier, and it doesn't really mean much. It doesn't mean they've learned something, right? And so our children really need to start seeing failure as basically a process of elimination that helps them figure out all the ways that don't work so that they get that much closer to figuring out what will work right and so i think i think along the way there there're just some some kind of um basic ideas that we we take away about failure and success because honestly it's funny uh i think that they're very very much intertwined like i think success is impossible without failing, right? We don't just you know, you don't you don't you think about a, a somebody like a Michael Jordan. He didn't just walk onto the basketball court one time and just all of a sudden turn into a mega superstar. In fact, he has one of my my favorite commercials of all time and it's it's kind of a a grainy black and white You know, it's got this kind of cool vibe to it. And he's walking through United Center Arena in Chicago and he's in street clothes, but he's walking into the dressing room and he's talking about how many dunks he's missed, how many free throws he's missed, how many game winning shots he's taken and missed, right? And then he talks about how this idea that it seems like all I've done is fail over and over and over. And that is why I succeed. And I love that because it perfectly encapsulates this idea of how intertwined success is with failure. So just a couple, just a couple takeaways. First of all, never take failure personally. Making a mistake doesn't make you a failure. You are not defined by your failing, right? You did your best. You gave it a shot. It didn't work out the way you hoped basically, you want to learn from it. And when you think about it, all a regret is, a regret is basically a mistake that we didn't learn from. That's really what it boils down to. It's a mistake we didn't learn from. All right, another takeaway. Always own your stuff, right? If you make a mistake, own it, right? You're only hurting yourself and others when we play the blame game, okay? It just, it is not working. If you think about it, do you like being around people who cannot take personal responsibility for their mistakes, right? So don't be that guy or don't be that gal, you know, right? Don't don't be that person who cannot own their stuff. And you know what, by the way, it's really empowering because when our kids see us owning our stuff and taking responsibility for our things, guess what it does for them? Well, they see us doing it, so they do it. Remember our kids are learning from our example, not our advice. So we're only hurting ourselves and others when we do the blame game thing, because then nothing gets resolved and it leaves a very, very bad example for our kids, right? Now, another thing, that being said, you gotta be sure to give yourself some grace. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you did your best, that's all that matters. Now, if you didn't do your best, then yeah, own it. I mean, if you can do better, should you? Yeah, absolutely. So own it if you didn't. But, but don't let that be uh, something that leads to this long rabbit trail of self-condemnation where you just beat yourself down. And don't do that, right? Everybody makes mistakes. The important thing, again, is the excellence of effort and the diligence with which you are approaching whatever it is in front of you. And along those lines, don't wallow in self-pity. Grow from your mistakes. You know, one of the most debilitating things you can do is to throw yourself a pity party. It, it just never, ever, ever ends well for you or the, for the people that you invite. I mean, it just doesn't, it's not good. So don't wallow in self-pity. Use that as an opportunity from grow, to grow from your mistake. Because again, if you are not taking on the identity of I am a failure and just simply say, I failed, now you're giving yourself room to try again and to keep going and to grow from that mistake. And that's why it's so important. This is the last one. Don't quit. Do not quit. Decide you're going to give up on giving up and just keep Moving forward. You know, because at the end of the day, the reason that success is so important is our children really truly need to succeed in an area that matters to them. Yeah, it's cool if it's something important to us or maybe important to someone else they respect. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is that they are succeeding in an area that means something to them, it must be something that they value, and then over time, that experience will enable them to succeed in other areas of their life. But until then, they need a win, not some fake participation trophy, some fake self-esteem. This has got to be one of the most damaging things I have seen as a teacher. Is this this belief in and promoting self-esteem. Now, don't get me wrong. And let me be really clear about this. I absolutely believe in building a child's self-esteem. I think it has to be done. My disagreement comes in how it's done. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, kids are a lot smarter than adults give them credit for. So for example, if you have a child and you are telling them they did a great job on something that they know they did a terrible job at, then they typically have one of two reactions. They either think, okay, I did a terrible job at this and you think I did a good job, which means you're an idiot. I have no respect for you. Or I did a terrible job at this you know I did a terrible job at this, but you're telling me I did a great job. You are a liar and I don't trust you. Either way, you are doing the opposite for a child. You're actually, it's interesting. You know, a lot of psychologists and social scientists have actually studied this out and they've found that the the modern generation is actually growing up with lower self-esteem. Isn't that interesting? We're we're in this era of constant self-esteem esteem building, participant trophy awarding and all this, you know, like, oh, you're breathing, here's a ribbon. You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But our kids, because they're smarter than we think, because they're smarter than we give them credit for, realize what's going on. And you know, the other thing that happens is that when you reward someone for something that they know they didn't deserve, It breeds like a guilt. It actually puts puts them into a state of depression. It is not beneficial. Now, if they try and they do their best and they fail, well, yeah, absolutely praise that. But again, praise the effort that they put into it because whatever you praise, they will value. So they will start to, over time, value the effort, value diligence which like we talked about earlier, will absolutely produce great results, give it enough time, right? And so this, this idea of success, which isn't maybe what you thought it was, right? We need to think very carefully. We need to think long and hard about what that success means for us and for our families. But that's why it is such a key building block of an emotionally healthy home. Thank you so much for listening. You know, we know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate the precious gift of your time. Be sure to check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources, and click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook, Building an Emotionally Healthy Home, as our gift to you. Remember, we're with you every step of the way. Until next time, have a great day. I'm not the one